Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. And broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports. From the preps. And putting on the brakes there at third is Destiny Gonzalez with a three RBI triple. To the pros. Handoff. Neal hit behind the line. Still fighting. Still spinning. He's in. Boom. Touchdown, Jayhawks. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. Three of four on third down. They have third down and goal here at the one yard line. Mahomes out throws it left caught. Touchdown! Kansas City. Rushy Rice with the touchdown. And the Chiefs have their first TD of the year. Takes it quick bubble to the right side. And the Chiefs will. Ball's out. The ball's out and free. And picked up by the Chiefs at the left sideline. Mahomes throws the cross. He is intercepted after the the snap, the spin, handoff, and a burst, and it's Montgomery over the guard, the five, touchdown! The Lions have tied the game! David Montgomery bursting over the right guard for six! Well, that didn't go as many people saw it going. Happy Friday morning, everybody. It's the Morning Blitz, broadcasting on 1025 Rock, AM 730, Fox Sports Tri-State. Of course, also online, nwksradio.net, the Rocking M app. So glad that you're with us here on this Friday, September the 8th. It's a beautiful start to the day, a nice, cool 60 degrees as you step outside your front door. We'll be warm again today, 90 degrees. Temperatures similar tomorrow, and then it looks like some chances of some rain Saturday and Sunday and some cooler temperatures all next week, so I look forward to that. But boy, last night... That was something to behold, wasn't it? My goodness. On what was probably one of the most exciting games, you know, pre, you know, I want to say, you know, for for a season opener. One of the most exciting games maybe in Chiefs history to, to raise the banner on another Super Bowl trophy and then to go out there and to lose to, of all teams, the Detroit Lions. Uh, and the Chiefs 21-20 loss on Thursday Night Football last night. Um, and... Once again, they're, they're, we're, we're going to talk about this here a lot in the first segment. And I don't want to sit here and say, like, oh, good Lord, the sky is falling because it's not. If you're, if you're a Chiefs fan, whatever, if you're the Chiefs period, it's, it, the sky is not falling. And I don't want to sit here and say that, that, lot, that the Lions are going to the Super Bowl either. I'm definitely not going to say that. But that was a very nice win for a Detroit team when you look at what was all going on for Kansas City. Raising the banner, a great home crowd. Although I got to admit, there was a lot of blue in the stands, wasn't there? I mean, they didn't show the the the, the overview crowd a ton, but there seemed to be a lot of Lions fa- Lions fans there, and I don't know how they got tickets, but that was pretty impressive. That was like the most of an opposing crowd I think I've ever seen in a game at Arrowhead. Really, I mean, maybe besides a Raiders game every now and then, or maybe a Broncos game, but for the Lions to have that many fans. Show up in Kansas City in the first game of the season after the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. I mean, for, my first thought is I'm a little embarrassed if you're a Chiefs, if you're Chiefs Kingdom, you're letting that much blue into the stadium. So that's kind of interesting to see. But there was a lot of blue there. That was a big standing point to me. 
Uh, but that's that's a side note. You know, you look at the game last night, and there were tons of things to get to, which we'll get to here in just a little bit. Uh, today's program, we will have Connor Nickel of S3 joining us, uh, talking about high school uh, football last week, looking ahead to this week. He's got his S3 Athletes of the Week. We'll get to those as well coming up in our second segment. We will uh, make our... We'll take a look at the NCAA and NFL previews. Look at the Broncos and Raiders game. We'll tell you about KU Illinois, Kansas State Troy. Uh, well, that did rhyme really good. And then Nebraska Colorado. We'll preview all three of those games in our third segment. I'll make some picks as well uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show. We'll get to local sports results from last night that I could track down and take a quick preview of high school football uh, tonight uh, in our first segment here in a little bit. But over the next few minutes, I want to just touch more on this Chiefs Lions game. I mean. Here were some of the biggest takeaways I had on this 21-20 loss. First, and, and these are not like, oh my gosh, Heat Ross is a deep thinker. No, these are Captain Obvious things. First and foremost, no Travis Kelsey. That's a. It, I think it's more. I think when they were taught when they were showing the pregame, you know, the betting line. I think it went from like four and a half or five and a half to three and a half, like point differential. So it didn't look like it was that big of a deal. I think that's wrong. Uh, I think Travis Kelsey me is more than just a three points or two three point swing. I think he is more like a five six point swing. He's a touchdown, in my opinion. Even if he's not catching balls and scoring touchdowns, people have to account for him. And Noah Gray and Blake Bell, who played okay, they're not Travis Kelsey, and they weren't as concerned about them. They they just weren't. And if you don't have the same respect for those players, then that allows you to play more coverage. But here's the thing. It's not on the tight end room. I thought the Belldozer and Noah Gray did fine. But that wide receiver core that the Chiefs have, that was not good. I don't know. There were five-plus drops at least. I don't know how many drops. I didn't count them all, but there was at least over. There was for sure over five. Kadarius Toney having at least three of them. Sky Moore went off his fingertips a couple times. There were a ton of drops last night in the ballgame. A ton. And that it's this is professional football, people. You're there. You're getting paid millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, to catch the football. You were open. Make the catches. It did not happen. I mean, even Patrick Mahomes interception and all that stuff it's not on him it's on the wide receivers that one went off to Kadarius Tony's hands so many drops in the wide receiver spot is this a is this just a one-off this my biggest question is is that just a one-off deal or is that the start of a big problem that Kansas City has do they not have reliable enough wide receivers to make the plays like it's 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 not easy being a wide receiver. I don't think for probably playing with Patrick Mahomes because he's going to keep the play alive. You have to keep moving off of your routes. You have to keep doing that, and so like as you're moving, you got to keep moving. You got to keep change direction, and you got to be able to catch the ball, then get upfield. It's not easy. But if I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm sitting there thinking, is that a one-off, or is this the start of a big problem that we have, that we don't have really any wide receivers that can make consistent catches? That's my first big question. You know, I talked about uh, yesterday about you know looking at some of the strengths of the teams and, and seeing which team had the advantage there. And remember I said Detroit had the advantage wide receiver? No doubt about it. They might not have the depth, but guess what? They have a true number one. 
Amon Ross St. Brown, no one could cover him for the Chiefs. He ran all over them, all around them, all by them, and he made the catches. Amon Ra St. Brown was a true number one wide receiver. He was the best, he was the best pass catcher on the field last night. He was the best. And that is saying something for the Chiefs, who I think are one of the best offenses in all the NFL, at least have been, but they don't have the best wide receiver out there. But Amon Ross St. Brown was uncoverable last night by the Chiefs secondary. And that is scary thought if you're a Chiefs fan because there's other great wide receivers you're going to be playing. And 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 probably better quarterbacks than than Jared Goff. No offense, Jared was good last night. But you're going to be playing better quarterbacks and probably better wide receiver cores than the Lions you did last night. But the defense couldn't cover St. Brown. They couldn't stop the run. The Lions, the Lions are a great rushing team. They have a great offensive line. I talked about that. Uh, they have a really good offensive line that they've built through the draft. And they can really move people. And without Chris Jones in the middle, it was a tough night for the defensive front to stop the running attack there for, for the Lions, who ran for over 100 yards. And, 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 and ran it in critical situations. You know, third and short, fourth and short, and got the push they needed to get the first down and, and stay on the field. Another point here that I thought, that I thought was on the offensive side, I, maybe this was just me, but, and you know, because of, because of the way the officials allowed Jawan Taylor to be a slot receiver last night at the right tackle position and him to get the jump off the ball, most of the night, except for the very last, what, second-to-last play of the offensive side of the ball for Kansas City, they had, the Lions had to move guys around to get push on that good offensive line of the Chiefs. Here's the thing, though. I think they exposed a weakness, and that's right guard Trey Smith. He definitely looked to be the weakest. I mean, Adrian Hutchinson got under his pad level a couple times, pushed him around, did what he wanted. On that fourth down little trick play that they didn't quarterback, or sorry, it was third down, trick play, they just tried the little fancy Blake Bell under the center, turn around, handoff, end around play that got blown up. Guess what? Trey Smith got, he missed the guy who tackled the, the running back in the backfield. There might be a weakness there for Trey Smith on the offensive line. Maybe. It's just one game. That was another thing that stood out to me. I don't get why the Chiefs went for it on fourth and 25. Are you that concerned? That your defense can't get a stop? You have all three timeouts. Punt that ball away. Try and get off the field using your timeouts. I mean, what does that say about your defense that you're going for it on fourth and 25? That we don't believe in you this late in the game with over two minutes left? And not to mention three timeouts and the two-minute warning. What the world are you doing? Punt that ball away. Flip the field. Get out there. Get a stop. All that kind of stuff. So that's what I said. Those were some takeaways that I had from the game last night. I mean, it was Patrick Mahomes finishing 21 of 39, two touchdowns and a pick, which once again, I would say a half dozen of those uh, completions were dropped and interception that was not his fault off the hand of a wide receiver for six. And when and here's another problem that the Chiefs have had for many years, and they have got to get this figured out, especially if you're not going to have great weapons on the outside. You've got to find a running game. Patrick Mahomes cannot lead you in rushing. Six carries for 45 yards. He is your franchise. He is the only reason the Chiefs are a Super Bowl contending team. And you've got him leading the team in rushing? He's not Justin Fields. 
They got to get more push up front. Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I don't care whoever else they want to throw in there. They have to get better up front. The rushing attack was poor. And when when your passing attack is not good, you need to be able to run the ball. Now, I don't know if it's an offensive line issue, which I could see it being. When you drop back and pass as much as the Chiefs do, night in and night out, your offensive line gets soft. You don't know how to fire off the ball and go get a push up front. It's simple as that. When you practice something so much, you don't get as good as other things. Teams that run the ball well are good at firing off the ball and getting a push up front. When you pass a lot, you're good to tr- you're good at dropping back, you know, taking your steps back and then pass blocking. Chiefs pass a lot. They have for the previous few years because they have a great quarterback in Patrick Mahomes and usually a great wide receiving core. They don't have this this year. At least the way it looked like last night. And who knows, maybe it's the the excitement of the it's a bunch of young receivers that might be super talented that were playing in their first true game in prime time in a packed house on Super Bowl banner raising night and it just got to them. Maybe that's what happened. But it did not look good. It did not look good. Besides, really, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Justin Watson, everybody else looked, eh, not great. And this would be a concern if I was a Chiefs fan. Remember, you know, the Packers, not too long ago, just a few years ago, remember they lost Devontae Adams. They were playing with a bunch of no-name wide receivers, and they had Aaron Rodgers, who once again made them look good, but they were not a Super Bowl-winning team. In fact, they didn't make the playoffs last year. You have to have some weapons to throw to. And I know Travis Kelsey was out, and that's your main, that's your number one receiver. He's a tight end, but he's your number one receiver. I get it. That hurts. And that looks sounds like that's only going to last for maybe another week, if, if that. He could be back next week, possibly. But they need him badly, and they better hope that knee is not something that lingers because this is going to be a long season for the Kansas City Chiefs. They've tried. They haven't been able to find that open box special at the wide receiver spot yet that's paying off. But it's just the beginning. And that's that's where I'm going to cap this off. It's just the first game of the season. A season is is examined upon its totality, not on just its first game, the last game, the the the, the eighth game of the year. It's based on the totality. The like I said, the Lions looked good last night. Not great, looked good. Don't put them in the Super Bowl just because they went to Kansas City and won. Don't, don't put the Chiefs out of the Super Bowl because they lost. We don't know. I think the Chiefs are going to have a very hard time making it to the Super Bowl again this year or winning it. The AFC is loaded, and I just don't know if they're, is the, they're the most talented team. But once again, it's game one. Teams will make adjustments. Improvement from week one to week two. Always the most, always the most improvement. Well, they know what they did wrong. They know what they got to work on now. So I don't think you sit there and sulk too much if you're a Chiefs fan it's going to be okay. If you're a Lions fan, like our good friend, uh, our sports director over in Colby, Christian Peck, Demon, he's walking into the stu- he's walking into the studios this morning, looking like Vince McMahon in that GIF. Uh, you know, he's walking in there, big old smile on his face. He's a Lions fan, and he's got to be one proud guy today, and he should be. That was a great performance. They ran the ball well. Jared Goff looked good. Amon Ross, St. Brown's a stud. Lions have, and that defense is physical and tough. It's a good Lions team. You know, and they've got an open division now in that NFC North with the Bears still building under uh, Justin Fields. The Packers starting over with, of course, uh, with Love, Jordan Love. The the Vikings are a a quality team. So, but it's still an open division up there. And Lions are going to be a tough out, that's for sure.
But just some thoughts uh, yesterday from that Chiefs game. But but once again, it was not pretty. It was not good from the Kansas City perspective. But it's only game one, and there is plenty of room for improvement. That's for sure. Our listener, Jared, has been lighting us up on the text line throughout this entire segment. His thoughts are, O-line, talk about the Chiefs, O-line looks rough, D-line non-existent, wide receiver core terrible, couldn't run the ball to save their lives, Mahomes looked lost without his love interest, Travis Kelsey, and the refs missed so many calls on the Chiefs, oh my goodness, false starts on the right tackle, lining up as an H-back the whole game. <laughs> uh, just a few of the things he's gone on for, he's gone on and on and on about all kinds of stuff, but... Yeah, I just I'm not I'm gonna take it all with a grain of salt. It's only game one, but it was not a great start for the Chiefs. Once again, hopefully those wide receivers calm themselves down and can make better catches, because if they can't, the Chiefs are in for a rough year. A rough year. They've gotta have some pass catchers that can catch the ball, especially if they're not gonna be able to run the ball at all. So, some things to think about there from the Kansas City Chiefs perspective. But they lose 21-20. They're 0-1. It's not a good, it's a sour taste in your mouth when you raise the banner and you lose the first game. Sour taste in your mouth. And for the Lions, all that, all that off-season hype came to fruition and they lived up to it. Nice win for Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions last night on Thursday Night Football. An exciting way to kick off the NFL season as it usually is. And uh, more games to come here on Sunday, and then a big one, of course, on Monday. All right, I want to move on. We'll have uh, Connor Nickel coming up here in just a little bit. I want to get to some local results from yesterday. Uh, we'll start in volleyball, Goodland Cowgirl Volleyball. I thought they played tonight, but apparently they played, they played last night, obviously, but I thought they played tonight. But they played last night over in Burlington. They take uh, three out of four from Burlington, uh, getting them above 500 for the first time this year. They're sitting at 3-2. and two. Colby split their games down at the Holcomb Triangular. They swept Hugoton, but then lost in three sets to the host Holcomb Lady Longhorns. So Colby now 4-6 and six on their season. Uh, Hoxie Triangular, Hoxie hosting the Indians. Uh, the, sorry, the host Indians went 2-0. They swept both Scott City and Hill City in straight sets. Hoxie 6-2 and two to start their year. A good start there. A very busy weekend. Uh, Tournament-wise for volleyball, you've got Joaquini hosting their tournament. Oakley-Wallace County will be attending that one. The Gove County, or the Gove Classic happening over there in uh, Wheatland-Grinnell and Greenfield. you got St. Francis-Quinter, Decatur Community, Golden Plains, Shiloh, a lot of smaller area schools attempting the Gove, Cla- Gove County Classic on Saturday. This weekend, Colby Community College Volleyball uh, back on the court. They have a couple of matches, I think today, and a couple matches tomorrow down in Hobbs, New Mexico, is where they are playing as they'll be at the New Mexico uh, Junior College Classic. I think that's what that's called. Yeah, the New Mexico Junior College Classic. They have Ranger College and Midland College today, and then tomorrow they'll have Odessa College and then the host, New Mexico Junior College, on Saturday. So a couple of four good quality teams to play outside of the KJCCC. Uh, Moving on, in golf yesterday, the Cimarron invite happened yesterday. Uh, Colby Lady Eagles once again got a first-place finish, led by Anna Starbuck. Uh, had a first-place finish. Logan Nolan came in sixth, 13-mate. Goodland finishing in third place behind Hugoton, who finished in second. Cowgirls had two golfers inside the top 15, Tori Jones and Alec Cure. They are neck and neck as the Cowgirls' top golfers so far this year. They each shot 49s. They both shot the same score on Tuesday um, at in Goodland, uh, but they placed 11th and 12th yesterday down at Cimarron. 
Also, tip of the cap to Quinter Cross Country. I say they hosted an invitational. They had a great showing. The boys got second. I think they finished second to Hoxie, while the girls took first. Uh, Quinter's Brooklyn Countryman also set the school record of that of that invitational in their 5K run of 25, 21 minutes and 25 seconds. So congratulations to Brooklyn Countryman on a school record performance. And then there is some cross country this weekend. You've got the Greeley County cross country meet, uh, which is where a lot of teams, including Goodland, will be running. And then Colby uh, and Coach Gersh, they love to go over to Wamigo this week and run at the place where usually state cross country is at. And so they love to go run in those hills and get a feel for that course in case they send someone. So they'll be running over at the Wamigo cross country meet. Uh, moving on into football. Week two of the high school football season gets underway. We'll talk more in depth with Connor Nickel about that coming up in just a little bit. But uh, tonight's slate of games. We'll start at small schools. You've got Tri-Plains Brewster at Ingalls. Weskin hosting Shylin. A great matchup there of two very good coaches and great friends of the program. And Brett Clow and our good friend uh, uh, Chris. Oh, my goodness. I'm losing my mind here. Chris, Chris Walden. Walt. I can't even say his name right now. Coach Waldron. He does a great – Walden does a good job there. Uh, so, Chris, Coach Chris, Coach Clow, they do both great jobs there at Shiland and Weskin. Golden Plains hosting Ashland. That's a tough test. Ashland is, what, the best team in six mans. The Golden Plains will have their hands full, but at least they have to come all the way up to Golden Plains to play that or at least have to travel to do that. I think that's at Golden Plains. I don't know if they did a neutral site or not. Uh, then you have an eight-man Decatur Community host Wallace County. The Wildcats trying to get off the mat after a tough opening loss to Quinter in double overtime. Wheatland Grinnell hosting Hoxie. Look out. The Indians could be running up the score there. A tough year for Wheatland Grinnell so, so far. Quinter hosting St. Francis could be another interesting game. I think Quinter, though, might have the upper hand. The big game in eight-man in our area is Rollins County at Dighton. Dighton, one of the best Quarterback wide receiver combos in all of small school, in all of eight man and lower uh, football. And Rollins County, great head coach there and Coach Schrammick, and they got a good group, good roster full of kids. That should be a good game. Rollins County on the road at Dighton tonight. You've got Oakley trying to rebound after a shutout loss to HTMP. They host Phillipsburg this evening. And you've got Colby trying to build off a big win against Ulysses in the opener. Uh, the Eagles host Holyoke, Colorado. Uh, you'll be able to hear that game on 100.3, The Ride. And then you've got the Goodland Cowboys also on the road in Colorado taking on Burlington. Uh, right now, just looking at the Massey rankings right here, the Massey ratings. Colby right now, they're still saying an underdog to Holyoke, a 9.5-point dog. I wouldn't count. Holyoke's 2-0, off to a good start. Colby got off, though, to a really good start with a win against Ulysses. So a good test tonight on homecoming night for the uh, Colby Eagles, who look to build off a great win over Ulysses and a great performance from Zane Betts, over 150 yards, and Casey Carroll hitting multiple wide receivers for touchdowns. And then also tonight you've got Goodland at Burlington, both teams in search of their first win. Cowboys actually a favorite, according to the Massey ratings, by a point and a half. Almost a, just a barely about a pick game right now. But the Cowboys a favorite on the road uh, at Burlington. Biggest thing for me in tonight from the Cowboys thing, can they be the more physical football team? Burlington is a young team. So many young players and so many undeveloped bodies because they're playing freshmen and sophomores at key positions. Can Goodland be the more physical football team tonight and show it? They're going to be the bigger team when they walk off the bus. Can they just play like it? Stop looking like Tarzan and playing like Jane. You look like a team, go out there and do that. That's what Goodland has to do tonight against Burlington. Be the more physical team. 
If not, Burlington will take advantage of it. They've done it before in the past. Lemmer last year, Goodland scored the first touchdown. Burlington forced four turnovers out of Goodland and ran away with a 33-16 win. Remember, Goodland came in 0-1, Burlington came in 0-2. Burlington won two games that year. That game and the game after, and then they lost the rest out. Tonight, it's about being the more physically dominant. Good, the Cowboys need to be the more physical football team tonight and going forward. You are a running football team. You need to have maulers on the front line that create holes for the backs. Cowboys might not be at full strength in the backfield. We'll see. It's a game-time decision. But open. it doesn't matter. If you create big holes, anyone can run through those. Should be an interesting game, though, tonight as the Cowboys try to rebound at Burlington. So we'll have coverage on 1025 U-Rock. Big side note on the Goodland, thing, Goodland game tonight. That is not a six-mountain-time kick. That is a seven-mountain-time kick. It is an hour later because both teams are in mountain time. They will kick at seven. So seven o'clock mountain-time kick, six o'clock mountain-time pregame for Goodland game day. And then, of course, everybody else is on the typical seven o'clock central-time kickoff. But Goodland moving back to seven o'clock mountain for their kickoff tonight at Burlington. Okay, let's take a break. When we return, we will bring in our good friend Connor Nickel from S3.com. Look forward to visiting with him about this week's slate of high school football and everything else that he has to offer. You're listening to The Morning Blitz.